So, um, sometimes in life, people assume that because there's somebody with a microphone on that they have all the answers. And I just want to tell you um, very openly and publicly that I don't. But in our city this past week, just like many cities around our great country, we experienced tragedy. And that tragedy um, hit close to home, a little too close to home. And um, not only did it hit close to home for me personally, um, who I have a wife who's an emergency room trauma nurse, but it hit close to home for a family in this church. And um, so when it happened, I tried to text and call the family that this happened to, and I will just tell you something from the bottom of my heart, because this is just an open book here, and I'm emotional and don't care, <laughs> so just be ready. Um, when I finally got a hold of the dad um, whose daughter was in that school, and I heard the emotion in his voice about how much he just wanted to get to her, I've never heard anything like it in my entire life. And so... Um, I was actually kind of hoping that he wouldn't be here today, <laughs> but he is. I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't show up so I wouldn't have to look at him. But um, from the bottom of my heart, Jeremy, I am so thankful um, that you're a part of Downtown Harbor Church. And Lexi, I'm so thankful that you're okay. And so from all of us, I can't even imagine what you've been through, but we love you. We're here to support you, and um, we are your family. And so I'm just so thankful that she's all right. That's it. Whew. So... Now that that's out of the way, okay, so we just got to dive in here a little bit. Um, so imagine doing about 45 minutes of a message after that. Uh, anyway, we are, and we have baby dedication today, which is another exciting thing, right? So we're going to talk about that at the end. So um, guys, we have been smack dab in the middle of this series called The Big Story. What we've been doing is just kind of going through this thing to go, hey, how does all of this tie together? We've heard a lot of these names before, right? We've heard the name of Jesus, we've heard the name of Moses, we've heard the name of Abraham, but how at the end of the day does this all tie together? What is this from beginning to end? And so we've just been taking a look at some different people who are a part of this big story. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, those are what they're there for. You can go ahead and five-finger discount this, take that with you if you want to follow along with us. But we started out by saying that God created the world and everything in it. And he created human beings when he created Adam and Eve. And that was week one. And then one of their descendants was named Abraham. And God said to Abraham, hey, I am going to bless your descendants. And so that's what we talked about on week one. And so sure enough, Abraham had a descendant, and his name was Jacob. Jacob was actually known to be one of the founders of, one of the fathers of the Jewish faith. And sure enough, Jacob then had a descendant. And we talked about him on week two, and that descendant's name was Joseph. Some of you may have heard of this Joseph guy. He was the guy in the musical, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. He had a coat of what? Many colors. And then as Joseph lived his life, it would just come to be that the Israelites would end up in Egypt, and then they would end up in slavery in Egypt, and God would say to a guy named Moses, Moses, you are going to go and tell Pharaoh, the ruler and leader of Egypt, let my people go. So Joseph had a descendant, and his name was Moses. 
And then last week, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, we talked about that actually sometime later there was another guy who lived. Moses had a descendant, and his name was David, King David, one of the most famous kings to ever live. But here's what you need to know. Between Moses and David, a lot happened that we left off, right? We left out a lot of that, so just know that. Between Moses and David, a lot happened. And then last week, we talked about David's son, David's son named Solomon, right? After David had died, we talked about David's son named Solomon. And Solomon was a writer, and Solomon wrote about two things, love and wisdom, And last week, we talked about that, Solomon, love, and wisdom. Now, this week, I am so excited to talk about who we're going to talk about. Because who we're going to talk about this week is someone who is amazing, someone who showed different traits and qualities than anybody else that we're going to talk about during this series. Because this week, we're talking about a woman, and her name was Esther. And I want to talk about this, and I just want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer, right? Because Esther was a queen, and I want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer that there are a lot of details in this story. There's a lot of characters, and there's a lot of details, and so you got to zone in with me, and you got to pay attention. If not, you could get lost really, really quick, right? Solomon had a descendant at some point named Esther who would become a queen. What I want to talk to you about What was happening during this time? Because the Jewish people, the Israeli people, right, they found themselves under Persian rule. In fact, there were many times that the Jewish people found their land or their government occupied by different nations. It was just one of those things that it kept happening over and over again. And in this particular story, the Jewish people found themselves under Persian rule. In this story, there are basically four main characters that I want you to pay attention to, okay? The first one is named King Xerxes. Now, how many people in the room, just by show of hands, have seen the movie 300, okay? I have not, all right? If you've seen the movie 300, you know this king. King Xerxes was in the movie 300. He was a powerful, powerful man, a massive warrior. In fact, I wanted to kind of get a picture of him from the movie 300 so I could show it to you. So here he is, right? This massive, powerful egomaniac, right? If you know anything about the Downtown Harbor Church, this is basically John Garippa, our executive director, on a Tuesday night, okay? kidding. This is how, this is King Xerxes, okay? Powerful, powerful man, the first person in this story. The second person who was a Jewish person, his name was Mordecai, all right? I want to talk about him in, in a little bit, so put him in your mind. The third main character in this story is actually the queen herself, Queen Esther, And then the fourth person that we want to talk about is the person who was the right-hand man to the king, and his name was Haman, so basically the most powerful official in the entire land under Persian rule, right, was this guy by the name of Haman. So stay with me because there's a lot of details, okay? 
So at the beginning of the story of Queen Esther, that king that I told you about, King Xerxes, actually threw a big party. What the king did is he just wanted to throw a massive party. And at this party, Esther was not the queen yet. There was a woman by the name of Vashti who was the queen. And what happened was, is at this party, King Xerxes summoned for his queen, and she what? She refused. Basically, she said, I'm not coming to your party. Well, this is going to give us a glimpse into how, don't miss this, how women were viewed during this time period because they're not viewed the same as they are today. Women were oppressed. Women were looked down upon. Women were not cared about like they are today, right? Because what happened when she didn't show up to this party? Here's what he did. King Xerxes deposed to Queen Vashti. He said, get rid of her. She's gone. She's not going to come to my party. I'm not having it anymore. Can you imagine just getting rid of your wife if she didn't show up at your party? Right? I mean... What? Think about that. Think of what this guy actually did. Think of the gall of this man, this powerful, powerful king. But what's a king without a queen? So Xerxes needed a new queen. And sure enough, he wanted the most beautiful young queen that he could find. And in sure enough, Esther chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says this. Let the king appoint agents in each province to bring these beautiful young women into the royal harem at the fortress of Susa. And then it goes on. It goes, hey, guy, the king's eunuch in charge of the harem will see that they are all given what? Beauty treatments. Basically, this guy said, don't bring them to me until they've been to the spa, okay? I don't even want to see them until they've had a manicure and a pedicure and they've been done up. That's what an egomaniac this guy was, right? goes on. After that, the young woman who most pleases the king will be made queen instead of Vashti. This advice was very appealing to the king, so he put the plan into effect. Okay? Now, Esther was the daughter of Abihail, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mor remember Mordecai, right? Four characters, Xerxes, Mordecai, Esther, Haman. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin, Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of the Haggai. She, of Haggai. She asked for nothing except what he suggested, and she was admired by everyone who saw her. Basically, Haggai said to Esther, Esther, shut up, okay? Don't say anything. This guy doesn't want somebody who's pushy or wants to have a conversation. He just wants someone to be his queen, so if you keep your mouth shut, you'll get it. And sure enough, she did, and Esther was the new queen. But one of the things that the king did not know about her, in fact, it was a secret, right? As a part of this big story, the king did not know this about her. Esther and Mordecai, her uncle, were what? Jewish. And the king did not know. But as we've talked about through the lives of many people as a part of our big story. When God promises you that he will never leave you, he will not leave you. And Esther was a descendant of Abraham that was blessed people, right? And so here's what I want you to know. The Lord was with Esther. 
The Lord was with Esther, much like he was like his people who he had promised from the very beginning. Sure enough, I told you about a fourth character, and he was the last one I named, and I'm going to bring him back up now. The official, the most powerful official next to the king, next to King Xerxes, his name was Haman. So here's what I, just to recap this, Haman was the most powerful official in the empire. He was the right-hand man of the king. This guy was in charge. It's important for us to understand this, okay? So Haman, what he did was, because, and he probably got it from King Xerxes, who this egomaniac, Haman, kind of had a big head. And so what he did was, Haman actually ordered people to bow to him. Haman said, all right, I'm this powerful. I'm the right-hand man of the king. You, 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 you. Everybody needs to bow to me. Everybody needs to bow at my feet. I told you, King Xerxes, Mordecai, Queen Esther, Haman. There was one guy who refused to bow to Haman. Mordecai refused. Esther's uncle, Esther's adopted parent, refused to bow down to Haman. It says in the book of Esther, chapter 3, verse 5, it goes on, it said, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was what? Enraged. He was hot. What do you mean you're not going to bow down to me? What do you mean you're not going to do this? Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, right? Haman had now learned that Mordecai was Jewish. Haman found this out, right? Having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. He said, nope, I'm not going to kill just him, right? Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. One of you is not good enough. One of you who won't bow to me, not good enough. I'm going to kill all of you, Haman said. Haman, because of this incident, hated the Jews. He hated the Jewish people. And in the process, Haman developed a plot to destroy the Jews. Haman developed this plot to kill all the Jewish people. And in the process, what he did was he started to manipulate the king. Haman started to manipulate King Xerxes, indicating to him, all these people got to go. Now, in this process, remember Mordecai, the one who would not bow down to Haman, the adopted parent of Queen Esther, her natural biological uncle, in the process of this happening, Mordecai got wind of Haman's plot. So what he did was he sent a message to Queen Esther informing her of the plot. Here you are, a woman living in an oppressed time for women, young, and you're married to this king, right? You're the new queen, and you find out this information about your people. What would you do? Well, this is where the message kind of gets thick. She had to do something. She could not let her people be killed. She could not sit idly by and not say something or not do something. That's not what she was for. So what she did was is she fasted and she prayed and approached the king. 
And this was a very, guys, don't miss this. This was a very dangerous thing for Esther to do. She was not allowed to just approach the king. First of all, she had a secret and she was Jewish. She was not, and the king didn't know. This was about to go down and what she was about to do was about to be remarkable. Because in Esther chapter 5 verse 3, it says, Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given you. And then she said something very simple. She goes, if it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. So basically, she wants to have dinner. She's basically just asking this question to the king. Can we have dinner with Haman? Boy, was she smart. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly what was about to be done. But she just said, hey, might we just have dinner with your top official, Haman? Would that be permitted? Meanwhile, at this exact time, Haman was planning to hang Mordecai from a pole. That's what he was doing as this conversation was going on. And then they had dinner. They had the banquet. And at the banquet, this courageous young queen made her move. At the banquet, Esther made her move. And she revealed the plot of Haman. And what she did in that moment was she begged the king. She begged the king to spare her people. He basically, the king said, who would do this? Who has developed some kind of plan like this? Who would do this? It says in Esther chapter 7 verse 5, it says this, King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he? Who did this? Where is he? The man who has dared to do such a thing. You know what Esther said? She goes, in Esther chapter 7, verse 6, Esther said an adversary, an enemy, this vile Haman, him, your supposed right-hand man, that's who's developing a plot to kill my people, to destroy my people. And the king said, this is what he said, the king said, impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for who? For Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. Uh-uh, he said. That pole you were going to hang Mordecai from, impale Haman on it. And they did. That's the story of Queen Esther. That's the story of this young, brave, courageous woman who put her life at risk to save her people. So what's the point? What do we take from this? What do we take from this today? It's this, is that she had a trait, she had a quality that each one of us at some point in time in our life are going to have to have, and that trait is courage. Look at the life of a courageous young queen. Look at the life of this woman who should have probably never been in the position that she was in, and the courage that she showed to save her people was remarkable. Here's the truth, gang. This is the truth. Esther was Jewish, right? You know what that meant? It meant that she could have been put to death. Courage. Esther not only was just Jewish, Esther had a secret, the king did not know. Do you know what that meant? She could have been put to death. And then, as I said, 
related to women of the time. They were not as they are today. They were an oppressed people. They weren't allowed to speak. But Esther did something. Esther approached the king. Do you know what could have happened when she approached the king? She could have been put to death. All to do something. All to save her people. All to just save her people. Because she said, I got to do something. I can't sit idly by and watch this happen to my people. I have to do something. And you want to know at some point in time in our life, we're going to need to step out as well. And there's going to come a point in time in our life when we have to do something. When we have to show courage. Much like this brave young queen did. But do you know what's so interesting about this and her story? She didn't have any weapons. She didn't have any armor. The only armor that she had was God. Who thousands of years before said to a guy by the name of Abraham, I'm going to bless your descendants. I'm going to bless your people. I'm going to protect them. And he did. And Queen Esther is a part of this living, breathing, big story is another example of him keeping his promise to his people. Here's just what I want you to know. There's a simple fact here, and I don't know what this looks like in your life. I don't know what God will call you to do. I just really don't. But here's what I do know. There will come a point in time where God will ask you to be courageous. Get ready. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what he's going to ask you to do. But I do know this. I know he's going to ask. And I know there's going to come a point in time when you are going to have to show some type of courage, much like this young, brave queen did. So here's what I want you to know. Get ready. Dedicate yourself to him. Understand that when he calls you to do something, when he asks you to do something, and he says he's going to be by your side, that he will never leave you, much like he did not leave the life of Esther. When we have to be courageous, when we step out, we got to be ready. Because the moment will come. It's knocking on every one of our doors. It's going to be deep. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be emotional. Get ready. And I don't know a lot, but I just know this. I know that if God calls you to do something, and I know that if God asks you to do something, and he asks you to be courageous with him by your side, just like he was by her side, you can and will get it done. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you so much for what you've done uh, in, through all of the lives of the people that we've talked about. But today, God, we just thank you for this young, brave queen, this brave young woman who is an example to all of us. God, someone said to me after the first service, I have a new hero, and it's Queen Esther. May she be a living, walking, breathing example to every single person in this room. And when you ask us to step out, God, I pray that you would ask us mightily to follow after you and to step out and to show courage and to be courageous. Lord God, we love you. We thank you. We lay these things at your feet today. And we pray it all in Jesus' name.